Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You are here now. You are here now. You are here now. Breathing is stressing me out. This will affect the entire planet. I know, but it's like so stressful. Can I get that one more ice water? I'll get two more glasses of white wine. And I don't need the judgy face. There's a comet headed directly towards Earth. Do you know how many the world is ending meetings we've had over the last two years? Drought, famine. Oh, the ozone is so boring. Hi and welcome to our summer special on 3CR Radio. We are in the Freedom of Species time slot and I am Freedom of Species presenter uh, Nick Pendergrass and we're going to do something different. Um, yeah, specials are a chance to present shows that uh, maybe veer off in different directions or different topics what we usually cover on our regular show. Um, so Freedom of Species is a show um, all about animal advocacy and um, yeah, today though we're going to be doing a summer special on the movie Don't Look Up um, and I have a guest here with me um, but before I get to that I want to quickly mention that you heard a replay from Sally. Sally is taking a, a well-earned break um, after you know being in here every week throughout the years. Hope Sally is having a good break if she happens to be listening in and it's really good time to catch up on out of, pan, out of the Pan shows you missed throughout the year so check it out at 3cr.org.au forward slash out of the pan um, to check out on all those shows on all issues pansexual and just a wide range of issues across um yeah wide range of rainbow issues gender identity sexuality etc so um i am joined by my partner uh and podcast co-host katie um thanks for joining me today thanks for having me and yeah we we, we do a, a podcast covering a wide range of issues, including animal rights issues, but much kind of broader than freedom of species. So, yeah, the summer special is sort of a, yeah, a little bit sort of, I guess, in the, the kind of topics we'd cover on the show, which could include environmental issues, uh, pop culture analysis, just a wide range of things, social justice issues, etc. Um, and, yeah, so do you want to just talk a little bit about... Um, yeah, I guess maybe I'll just give a little bit of background. So um, Don't Look Up is uh, showing on Netflix as well as in some cinemas. Um, don't know how people feel about going to the cinemas right now, but uh, definitely I'm sure a lot of people are watching it on Netflix. Um, when I last saw it uh, in early Jan, it was number two most watched on Netflix in terms of it's come up with, that's probably within Australia. Um, but it just became the most watched film on the platform within a one-week span. And it is already the third most viewed film ever on netflix and that's only in within 11 days it became the most uh, like total views um so it's definitely um yeah it's definitely the most viewed film ever or on netflix because uh yeah sorry it, it, on netflix a third most popular so it, it, it almost certainly will become the most one because it became got up to number three within only 11 days so um yeah i'll hand over to katie uh, yeah your thoughts on the film maybe a little bit about the film we heard the trailer there which gave a little bit of a taste for it um i should mention at the start as well in this discussion we will give some spoilers throughout i'm sure just by discussing the movie if we give any really full-on spoilers we'll try and uh give another warning but yeah we, we will be definitely talking about some of what happened in the movie, etc. 
And if you want to text in, you can do so. On... Um, no, I think I, I can't actually get Oh, is it not up. working? Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, yeah, I, you've probably heard of the movie because it's big on Netflix and a lot of people have been in this unofficial lockdown that we're in, been watching a lot of things on Netflix. And they had a lot of uh, big names in it, which I think would also draw people in. So Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Meryl Streep plays the president. And who's that guy who's like her aide and her son? Jonah Hill, is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, as well. So uh, it's a... It's got you know good production. Like you, that, you just played a little bit of the teaser, but if you watch the trailer, it looks quite nicely done, and you know it's funny. It's it's um, directed by Adam McKay, who did The Big Short, which is about the financial crisis and people that made money out of that. And we watched that fairly recently, and we thought that was they did a good job at explaining the kind of boring economic things that were going on. Um, they did a big funny thing with different celebrities in there, like Margot Robbie in a bubble bath explaining about how these things work. Mm. So um, I thought that, yeah, he was a good uh, a good person to direct it, having done that before, you know, something serious but presented in a funny, entertaining way. And the screenwriter was a Guardian journalist as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But, yeah, I thought it was really really good, quite scary, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it really had a big impact on me. And, it, you know, for me, it wasn't just a film. It was just thinking about, because it's it's about the climate change crisis and it's an allegory for that. So it, it really hit me really hard and I thought it was really powerful but also entertaining. Mm. Like, you know, there's quite a few funny things in there and oh, oh, Timothy Chalamet is, is, is funny in it. He's very... Um, he 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 can he plays a lot. People are like oh, he can play anything. He can play like he's he's this very good looking, attractive man. He's playing this, you know, skater kid with these the the I don't know if he had dreadlocks or his hair was all over the place. A mullet, I think. Yeah, um, that he can play romance and action and comedy. So I thought it was really really good and and really powerful. Mm. What did you think? Yeah, I, I agree. It was really powerful. And um, I don't know, perhaps only in the short term, maybe it's ruined other movies for me. I'm trying to think, what did we watch the other day? Oh, we Netflix? watched The Lost Daughter, another yeah. Netflix film. And it's funny because I'm usually the one like, oh, it's a bit slow. I want something more. But I, I was quite drawn into that. Yeah. But after watching that, you know, really like intense and action. And, and high and stakes. High stakes <laughs> film. Then watching something that's more slow and, and like The Lost Daughter, you mm. said it was too slow for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like anything I've seen in recent times that was as powerful as that It was that scary, movie. especially at mm. the end. Definitely, I, yeah. I really, I was like, wow. Mm. And I, after the movie, I started looking up all, like I, you know, I feel like I, I've been aware of climate change, need to take action on climate change since I was in, High school, like it was a big issue. Like I'm learning about it in primary school, much to John Howard's chagrin. But uh, actually, being like, what are we going to do about this? Like I remember Earth Hour, and I was living at home, and I was the only one observing Earth Hour, and I was sitting in my room alone with a little candle. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me it was it was you know even as someone who's educated, and I was like looking up all these facts, and I was like, oh, you know thinking really broadly about it. And I guess we'll we'll get to that because I know you had a couple of issues with the website that 
like there, there's a website that kind of campaigns about mm. that you watch after the film, like what action can you take and stuff. And they said the most significant action you could take was getting an electric car. Oh, really? I don't even remember that. Um, but yeah, we might. And I was on... like, yeah, I was like, well, I think like switching to plant based diets and and I mean they did not have that in there, but... It was right at the bottom though in terms yeah, of impact. Okay, interesting. But yeah, we, we might get onto that, or we might cover that next week on Freedom of Species. Oh yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how we go. But um, yeah, we'll definitely touch on the climate crisis. Whether we get into those like analysing those actions and stuff, we'll see. It might be a little bit of that this time, but definitely uh, more next week on Freedom of Species and a particular focus on plant based diets. But we'll look at other other issues for next week's show, show as well because i think any environmental actions like climate change is an issue that affects animals like including plant-based diets or especially plant-based diets but also like other issues as well um but yeah i think the only movies i've seen in recent times that uh would be sort of comparable in terms of having that powerful impact would be promising young woman i definitely had that like huge like powerful impact yeah that definitely um and also inside by bo burnham which wasn't a movie but was a special i mean technically was it they had it in some cinemas it is a bit of a movie yeah yeah but they're the only two things i've seen in recent times that i think are comparable would would you have anything else that's had an impact on you yeah i don't think bo burnham had (laughs) such an you're obsessed with bo burnham and even before he got that you know Inside, which was such a big, Before a big deal. Cool, yeah, um, yeah, promising young woman, as as well. But I felt a lot more defeated after that movie, mm. and I won't give any spoilers. But it is pretty heavy. Whereas with this one, I kind of I feel a little bit more hopeful because, like you said, so many people have watched it, mm. and you know we really liked it. We'll talk some about some of the criticisms of it, mm. but. Even though I care a lot about climate change, someone's like, this documentary is just dropped on Netflix. Mm. I wouldn't really be like, oh, let's watch that on Friday night. Like, we're living mm. in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We've had an earthquake last year. We've so much is with bushfires and floods, and there's a tsunami warning out today for the East Coast of Australia. So much is going on that I really don't have the right headspace for that. But mm. actually, sitting down and what, even though. You know, afterwards, I was like, whoa, this, this impact is huge. I, I um, was like, yeah, we'll sit down and watch it because it's also entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's really important. And mm. often when, you know, we've been activists for a long time, we think about what's going to be effective. Mm. What is going to be effective in, in making change? So Yeah. And I think, you know, definitely a lot of people watching it in itself isn't doesn't make it effective, but it's a pretty good starting point, right? Like that, that definitely helps. And people um, start talking about it. Yeah. And hopefully looking into the actual issue of, of climate change, like I started, you know, doing all this research and, and thinking about it. Yeah. And yeah, I think like Leonardo DiCaprio has been someone who's been aware of this issue and trying to advocate for it around action on climate change for a long time. And I think like for someone like him, I think it was a good road to go down. He's actually, I, I had a vague, I haven't seen this documentary, but I had a vague recollection of... Um, him doing a documentary and and I had looked up and he did. So he did a documentary in 2016 um, called Before the Flood, where he he met with scientists, activists and world leaders to discuss the dangers of climate change and possible solutions. Um, There was also um, An Inconvenient Truth was a huge one back in the day, 2006, um, by Al Gore. Um, And actually just, I've recently been uh, digging through my my, uh, old files and so I just wanted to make that worth my while. So I found something that I'd chopped out... um, about 15 years ago um, in my local what? paper, the Southern Gazette, which was... Do you have the, the year? 
Yeah, so this was Tuesday, September 26, 2006. Wow, okay. Page... I, was, I was in my last year of high school. <laughs> Whoops. Um, page, page, we got together well after that. Um, Why did you say oops? Well, just, yeah, I was older. You made older. it sound weird. Yeah, uh, sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, so page nine of my community newspaper, the Southern Gazette in Perth, but uh, someone wrote in, this was after Inconvenient Truth, Rupert Murdoch now believes in climate change. His English papers are urging action. Um, and it was just interesting. What, that's what they said. Yeah, that was in 20, 2006. What? But yeah. I thought there was a whole News Corp denial thing and more recently. I know, but it seems like they kind of go back and forth, right. kind of depending on the... So there was a real public appetite for that. So I guess maybe mm-hmm. they felt they needed to sort of like, you know, feed into that somewhat. Um, but yeah, definitely like these things have had impact, but I also feel like they've been done before. Uh, another one I saw that had a big impact on me, but didn't kind of reach the mainstream success was um, the end of Suburbia. Um, 2004, that was on peak oil, uh, not not on climate change specifically, but obviously related to it. Um, but yeah, those are all like really important. But yeah, again, I think if someone saw another climate change doco come on Netflix, they might kind of roll there. I've seen that or we kind of know, or as you say, I don't feel like watching that right now. I've got, I'm dealing with a pandemic and the fact mm-hmm. that the mask, the cloth mask I'm wearing this whole time, I've been doing nothing. And well, not the whole time doing <laughs> no, nothing, but, but against Omicron. Omicron yeah. Doing... And dealing with the pandemic and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we thought it was entertaining, like it was suspenseful. It was like a obviously apocalyptic kind of movie. Uh, it was, well, we thought it was funny, we, like enjoyable, but also powerful and, and thought-provoking. Um, but we weren't, um, not everyone agreed with us, I guess. Um, so if we yeah. look at what others thought of the movie, for mm. Rotten Tomatoes, 55% of critics said it was fresh, but mm. 77% of audiences. So audiences liked it more. Mm-hmm. And on Metacritic... Uh, 49. Is that the rating out of 100? Yeah. Yeah, 49. It's out of 1,000, I think. No, no, sorry. (laughs) Audience 64. So, again, audience liked it more. But also, uh, you know, critics have to review every film that comes out, whereas audience members aren't necessarily going to go out and review. So, I'm not sure if there might be a skew that way. Hmm. But... um, Yeah, we'll talk about some of the the different views on it. Obviously, we both really, really liked it and thought it was really powerful and... uh, there's been a, a few criticisms, not just from, you know, right-wing people who don't really care about the issue, but also mm. people who care about the issue, but like, oh, I don't think it was a very good film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we won't focus too much, like, on the artistic critiques. We'll focus more on the political critiques. Like, some people didn't find it that funny. And, again, that's just sort of more of an artistic thing. Um, there was also a lot of the common critiques I saw were just that it was um, – yeah, it was like preachy. There was something from Fox News, uh, Sean Edwards, Fox for Kansas City. If I wanted to get preached at, I'll go. I'll just go to church, which was kind of weird because I associate Fox News with the religious right and with rights. So I was like, I'd go to church, which I will be doing this Sunday. Like mm. it was a weird, weird. I thing. mean, Fox for I guess it's not technically Fox News, but it's re- you know mm. subsidiary. Yeah. But some people did say that that it was too in your face. Mm. Um. Mm. But, yeah, it's interesting because some, like in The Guardian, there was a client scientist saying, like, this is the reality I face every day. Yeah, like, This yeah. is very realistic in terms of what it's like to be trying to talk. Not even, I was going to say blow the whistle, not even blow the whistle. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Some people are in denial about it. But trying to get, you know, the mainstream media to pay attention to it, trying to get some traction, trying to get people to care about it is a whole other thing. 
Yeah, and we'll maybe we'll we'll play a song and then we'll we'll get into you know some of the yeah playing a little bit of the movie and and engaging with some of the critiques some of the more political critiques of the movie uh, in a moment. So we're going to play the song um, once again. Spoiler: we are going to you know be talking about what happened in the movie a little bit. So um, this part of the movie basically you could see the comet was it or some some asteroid or comet. whatever comet um, heading towards Earth and yeah it was a real. Um, yeah, like a real turning point because it was like people didn't have to look at, you know, charts or whatever. They could actually just literally look at Well, up there was and this thing it. that the comet doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And then they're seeing it in the sky. Mm-hmm. And so people that are protesting it are like, oh, it is real. You, we've been lied to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And basically, once people could see it, there was this real big social movement and, um, yeah, um, concerts and stuff to try and uh, the ra- campaign raise it. just look up basically. Yeah. Um, versus Don't Look Up, which is the opposing denial campaign. So this is Just Look Up by Ariana Grande and Kid Cootie. With some swearing. We do no bounds The land, the speed, the sound Riding against our lands But soon against ourselves You hunted every memory with no goodbye sound bad for me Your pride put out the fire in the flames Then just one look is all it takes I feel your eyes that locked on every part of me And then my dumb heart says Just look Just wait for the wait no more. 
We are Victorians. We know fire. We know bushfires can be devastating, that they change direction in seconds and move faster than anyone can run. But extreme fire danger days are rare. So before you travel, check the fire danger rating. And if it's extreme or above, don't travel to those areas. If you're already there, leave. How well do you know fire? Plan, act, survive. Go to emergency.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR. This is a summer special with Katie and Nick. We're talking about the Netflix film Don't Look Up. And we just played the song Just Look Up, Ariana Grande and Kid Cootie. And I just wanted to say I think the music as well was very powerful and Ariana Grande is probably the biggest pop star in the world and a very progressive person. And having her in there I think was also a a good draw card. And I think, um, yeah, it's when you like have a soundtrack and you keep listening to the song and the message, it feels like the message just keeps resonating with you because mm-hmm. you're not going to watch that movie over and over again. But I know you, you, you know, you're not really a fan of Ariana Grande, but you were playing that. the song, yeah, yeah. and you were. It's. I still. I feel like the message every time I hear the song gets reinforced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and again, not to be too negative, but I do want to engage with the critiques a little bit. This isn't like this is again like more of an artistic critique. But some people like the movie was too long, and they could have just cut the Ariana Grande song and stuff like that. I don't think it was that the, long. No, I know, and they they split it up, and so I thought it was fine. Well, I didn't find the movie long. I mean, at all, there's definitely like. movies out there that are really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think that was one of them, but I, no. I thought the the stuff was really important, actually, and this mm. this idea of okay, what are we going to do if the U.S. government doesn't want to act? Like mm-hmm. coming together as a community and talking about that. Yeah, and we we have uh, like re- like again, there's critiques that are out there in the media. We've also like recommended it to friends and stuff, and one friend wasn't as blown away by it as by us, and also mentioned that it was quite U.S. centric in that like there wasn't really mention of the response from other countries, and then only briefly, briefly. Now, yeah. oh yeah, like of course it failed. Like that was like on the side kind mm. of thing, and like yeah, of course the U.S. is is very powerful and does have a lot of money and stuff. But yeah, that was uh, one critique. Um, well, but- I I thought that it's kind of an important one because mm. if the US, China, etc. aren't on board, mm-hmm. it's very hard for the, the, the smaller countries to really you know, do something about this. I mean, but whether China is considered a smaller country at this point is sort of a bit debatable, though, as well, right? Mm. Yeah. What? I was saying the US and China are big. Oh, China, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. US, no. If the US and China, the, US if and the, China big, yeah, yeah. the big countries, the big economies aren't willing to do something. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly you know a, a, a um, reasonable critique of it. What mm. were you going to say? I, I was just going to um, yeah, just play a little bit from the movie, and Katie touched on this a little bit before, but um, yeah, this little bit we're going to play a rant from Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I think really speaks to what Katie mentioned before about this uh, struggle of scientists talking about the issue in the media. Also contains swearing. Oh yeah. Uh, Dr. Randall, you sure you're okay? You want a glass of water? Or... I don't feel so good. All right. So I think what we'll do is we'll go to commercial break and no, we no, will please, be right back. Please, Bree, don't, don't cut away. Let me say something. Okay. Well, you came to the right place because on this show we like to say things. Oh, would you please just stop being so fucking pleasant? I'm sorry that not everything needs to sound so goddamn clever or charming or likable all the time. Sometimes we need to just be able to say things to one another. We need to hear things. Look, let's establish once again that there is a huge comet headed towards Earth. 
And the reason we know that there is a comet is because we saw it. We saw it with our own eyes using a telescope. I mean, for God's sakes, we took a fucking picture of it. What other proof do we need? And if we can't all agree at the bare minimum that a giant comet the size of Mount Everest hurling its way towards planet Earth is not a fucking good thing, then what the hell happened to us? I mean, my God, how do, how do we even talk to each other? What have we, we, we done to ourselves? How do we fix it? So I thought that was a really powerful part of the movie. Do you want to put, you mentioned that a little bit before about the issue yeah, of scientists. Yeah, I think yeah. what's interesting is this comes kind of later in the movie. Earlier mm. on, um, so the two, the two main scientists, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, that they're playing, had been on the same news story, the same, the same TV show, mm. and were trying to present it. And so Leonardo DiCaprio, throughout the film, his character is trying to be more calm mm. about it because in that scene, Jennifer Lawrence gets really worked up about it mm. and it becomes a meme. And, you know, she gets labelled as this kind of crazy scientist lady. And of course, I think that's very realistic, especially of how women would be portrayed. And uh, so the 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 news show is like, oh, we don't really want her to come back, but you, the handsome astronomer, you can come back. And so I think it shows this thing that we do get very emotional about this. I mean, we get emotional for us as animal rights activists and the way that we're perceived about being emotional about something, but which is really justified because we're talking about something that is, you know, could wipe out a lot of the life on, on earth. And so Leonardo DiCaprio's character tries to kind of be more calm and toe the line. He's like, I'll stay, I'll work within the movement. Mm. Well, not within the movement. I'll, I'll, system, yeah. I'll work within the system. I'll work with the politicians and I'll be the media's person and I'll, I'll put on a good face and I won't be alarmist. Mm. And then he realizes that it doesn't, that's not working either. And so he kind of loses it at this point in the movie. And so I thought that was really interesting showing how we, you know, want to strategize and think about it, but what's mm. actually going to be effective mm. and people who become disillusioned by trying to work within, you know, the, the political parties and things like that and without getting, getting anywhere. I, you know, I think Peter Garrett comes to mind, you know, environmental mm. activist and becoming a politician and joining labor and, you know, thinking, is, am I actually getting anywhere with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there is also that, yeah, such a common thing in the media of like, oh, that that scientist is saying we need to act on climate change and reduce fossil fuels, etc. And therefore, it's not science, it's activism. But like sometimes the data just points you in a certain directions. And and yeah, they kind of, uh, yeah, some media commentators often act like, okay, we've got these, you know, scientists and activists over here saying, you know, there's a really big threat, we need to take action. And then, okay, we've got the climate denialists. And then we've got, you know, the the sensible centre of like, yeah, it's an issue but you know we can't be too alarmist about it and yeah we got to try and you know take some action but you know let's not you know let's not be too doomsday about let's not be too alarmist emotional or etc and so this is another little bit of the movie sort of making fun of that sort of uh sensible center um thing um with yeah basically i guess we should set this up in that um there was uh arrows like pointing up like, well there was yeah. the campaigns we mentioned so there was yeah. the just look up campaign with the yeah. arrow pointing up saying, look up the sky you can see the comet it's real and the don't look up campaign, don't worry about it, and they're pointing down. And then this was a um, a celebrity in the movie who was doing an interview and had a, a badge with arrows pointing up and down both ways. Now, I know a lot of Hollywood is supporting the Just Look Up movement, mm. but I haven't seen a pin like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, this pin, this pin points both up and down. Because I think as a country, we need to stop arguing and, and, and virtue signaling. Just get along. That is so refreshing. Mm. I think we're all tired of the politics. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why we made Total Devastation. It's for everyone. You know, it's a popcorn movie. So yeah, I thought that one was a very... That was rough... a really the moment that stuck out in the movie because mm-hmm. it doesn't... We, I, and it doesn't matter if you identify as left-wing or right-wing. Climate change is real. Climate change is happening. And I think we need to... You know, I'm very much a left-wing person. But if we try to sell it as a left-wing issue, it's it's we just need to sell it as these are the facts and this is what's happening. In the same way that COVID, like, you know, in America, it seems that, you know, wearing masks becomes extremely like polarized and political and we're, we're pretty polarized and political like that in Australia as well, but not to the same extent about COVID, mm. but it just has to be about, these are the facts. This is what's happening. And what's a rational response to save life on earth and to, you know, stop the spread of, of a pandemic mm. and, and not really trying, trying to say that it's not, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to identify with a certain party to look at the facts and be like, what's a rational response. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I also sort of like the way that the the person there, like it was such a <laughs> such a like pathetic point, but he got such a pat on the back for it. And I feel yeah. like that is often that like so-called sensible center, um, which when it comes to climate change is actually just a really dangerous Very dangerous. Position. Or what about yeah. like the, the January 6th insurrection? Mm-hmm. And so people saying, well, this is a... This was a, you know, an insurrection, a potential attempted coup. Other people saying, no, it was not violent at all. There was absolutely no violence involved. Mm. You want to be like, well, you know, let's agree to disagree. Let's just move on without, that's a very immature way to, to really deal with it because these are really significant things having a, an impact on our lives. Mm. It's not about whether someone likes vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. <laughs> it's really important and it impacts all of us. Climate change impacts all, all of us on this, on this planet and not just the humans, but the other animals we share this planet with. Yeah, I do remember there was uh, like on a left wing, very much a left wing podcast. I listened to Revolutionary Left Radio, a favorite of mine, and the the guest that um, Brett, the host, had on was saying that like on on the left we, we are like, oh, Hillary Clinton said this thing, which she fully admits to saying, and here is how that is neoliberal or or pro corporate, and here is our critique. Whereas the right is more like, oh, she's got a pedophile ring out of the out of the pizza shop, mm-hmm. whatever. And of course, there is conspiratorial thinking on, on the left as well but um, yeah that definitely like speaks to that clip we played before about the frustration of not being able to agree okay, okay we agree on these facts but we've got different positions and here here's how they fit with different ideologies but there's that sort of thinking now, and I think it actually feeds a little bit into the whole wellness movement. There's like mm-hmm. h- how you feel and like like rather than just going like what does the evidence say, it's like, oh, how you feel and listen to your body and that kind of thing. Didn't you meet that- someone who said a holistic approach to vaccinating your dog is like don't give it to them every year but maybe every couple of years? Yeah. Not yeah. really ba- – like, that's what feels right. Yeah, that's right. Or I yeah. knew somebody who was like, well, I don't take my antidepressants every day because it's like depends on how I feel. Yeah. That's really dangerous because mm-hmm. it's a kind of medication that you need to take every day and not stop all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So yeah. although it is important to, you know, respect people's own feelings about 
you know, what medical treatment they want and everything. We also need to reconcile that with what the facts and the the evidence says. Yeah, well, it is interesting that there is, I think, quite a lot of that in vegan spaces, that sort Mm. of natural woo, um, yeah, sort of so-called wellness kind of movement stuff within that. But I also see that as quite often a transition away from veganism because people are sort of take that sort of woo or wellness approach of I just listen to my body and like again we, we can't agree on facts but I, I just listen to my body uh, and I knew I needed animal products and then I started feeling better rather than a rational approach of okay maybe I'm low in a nutrient what nutrient am I low in how can I get that from a plant-based source mm-hmm. so yeah it's interesting that it is common in vegan spaces but I see it as quite often a path out of veganism as well um, but yeah we've got a long way from what we're talking about um, but but um, yeah, I, I think also another um, another key point from the movie um, that I thought was quite um, it rang quite true to me was um, when they were talking about the extinction level event. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer the Lawrence, their, their character, the scientists, were talking about this extinction level event, uh, but they were very much worried about the midterm elections. Yeah, so think, they're telling yeah. the president about this, and the president's just worried about what's the political impact. What's the, so we we have election cycles, you know, in the UK, five years here, three years on a federal level. So they're really just focused on being in power in the next three years. But climate change is something that we need to talk about the impact it's going to have in the next few decades and the last few decades, which we've been ignoring it since, you know, what, the 70s? Mm. We've known that this is something we really need to be looking at. And that definitely rings true with our current government Mm -hmm. in terms of, again, it doesn't need to be a politicised thing. It It should just be... Whether you're a left-wing party or a right-wing party, what is the rational response to this this um, potential, you know, extinction-level event? Mm. And uh, we know that with with the recent climate change summit in Glasgow, a big focus was about 2030, mm-hmm. which is only eight years away now. Mm-hmm. Very soon, we need immediate action. That's really going to mean changing our lives drastically in the next few years, and. In terms of the countries that were attending it, they were ranked in an assessment on their climate policy. Australia ranked last of the 60 countries and was the only country that was given a score of zero in the climate policy category. I mean, this is the the, the one that ScoMo wasn't even sure he was going to attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Prince Charles was like, oh, he's not going? And then people were like, well, you should be going, really. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He wasn't even sure if he was going to attend. And then, of course, he released that that pamphlet, the plan <laughs> about what he was going to do, um, relying on technologies that don't even exist yet mm-hmm. and things that we know aren't going to work, like carbon capture. Yeah, yeah. And again, linking that back to the movie, that was very much the case in the movie where they had this, you know, this, this proven solution to it that was, you know, whatever, 93, like like 93% or it, it was likely to work anyway, um, but they end up going with technologies that didn't, you know, that, that were unproven. They were swayed by the billionaire, which mm-hmm. represents, you know, Elon Musk and Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos. But really, all those... The, the industries that have a big financial incentive in keeping these going, even though they're already very rich people, right? But they mm-hmm. want to get richer for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the way that that stops us from from being rational and rational actors. Do you remember that line in True Blood when um, the vampire Russell's like, what kind of humans destroy would actually destroy its own habitat? What kind of creature actually destroy its own habitat? And he had that rant about McMansions mm-hmm. and SUVs. And I was thinking about that recently. It's like, it's just such a clear, rational thing mm-hmm. when you think about it. It's very, yeah. and you don't have to know all the science. You don't have to be a scientist. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and also with the technology thing, like it's not that we should, um, you know, avoid uh, technology. It's not like, you know, that technology can't play a role, but also like it's more of a political issue. We already know what will help, not to say there can't be new things that are invented that could help as well, um, but things like moving away from fossil fuels, uh, shifting away from animal agriculture to plant-based agriculture. Like we're already doing these things. We already have solar panels, we already have wind turbines, we already have plant-based agriculture. It's just a matter of tim- tipping that balance. Like from I mean, the My favourite to- non-tech solution is is having fewer children, ideally not bringing more children into this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's that's really good for lazy people. It's more, a lot more work to have children, a lot more cost <laughs> to have a child. Yeah, yeah, and like that that is one that um, yeah. Again, we'll probably get into this more next episode. But um, interestingly, in the the thing that you read about the different actions that we can take for the environment, um, that was linked to out of an interview that Brian Cox, a scientist, gave talking about the science of the um, the movie Don't Look Up, um, and there was uh, count hyphen us hyphen in dot org uh and they gave a bunch of solutions and that wasn't one of them which mm-hmm. is quite common it's, it's, it's sort not of, talked about no but um yeah that there was an article an academic article i read recently that um gave different actions and they had um have one fewer child as the number one action people can take like looking at actually the impact of different actions um that and that actually had 25 times the impact of the the next biggest action wow so they actually had to break the graph which is quite often the case if that is included it's so high that they then had to not keep the same scale but say okay we're breaking the graph down to here and this is where the the other actions sit exactly so off the chart literally off the chart yeah so live car free was the next most powerful one and like that was just so far above that one um yeah and it definitely is a sort of it is a, a controversial issue in that um yeah sometimes i i've heard of like white supremacist organizations like infiltrating environmental movements to try and get the focus on that issue to sort of feed into like immigration controls mm. and then closing borders and stuff like that um yeah. yeah we're not talking about controlling migration and people that come into the the country i don't mm. think we should have these you know, arbitrary borders. But if you have the, if you're a privileged person as a choice, whether to bring an, a, another child into this world or not, and that's not a choice everyone has, obviously in in this world. But if you have a choice for me, it's really kind of very easy to be like, I don't want to bring someone else into this world. Yeah. And I think there are often critiques that a lot of that, that focus, which again, I know is not your focus at all, but um, yeah, is that the focus then becomes uh, about poorer countries where the most population is. And it's like, oh, that poorer country has like 20 times less the environmental impact than us, like on the individual level, but they're not having 20 kids, they're having like seven or eight kids. So it's more about consumption. And that is definitely true. Um, but again, focusing more like on ourselves, like as people in the West, it's like our kid, even if we do live in a more environmental way is going to have quite a big impact massive impact so yeah it's more a matter of just thinking about like thinking about that as an environmental issue like from an environmental standpoint like you know zero kids is better than one and one is better than two and 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 two is better than three etc um and yeah there's so many factors it's a really complicated decision but yeah I, I definitely agree that at least being aware of that as an environmental issue it should at least yeah. be talked about as as an issue and i yeah. also I definitely feel like I don't want to bring another kid into this, the world that we're living in with climate change, as well as the fact that there are kids out there who need foster care and permanent care that are 
you don't actually really need a home if you do love children and want to give a home to a child. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let, let's move on and play a song. Um, and I'll mention this time it does contain swearing. I tend, tend to forget that. But, um, yeah, the song is Pink Convertible by Marina. And it's all about, I guess, dealing with this issue of, um, yeah, of climate change, but also people sort of just ignoring the issue and, and retreating into consumerism, et cetera. So I thought it was a very relevant one. And we're going to, after this, finishing up the show talk a bit about the issue of sort of climate change fatigue and kind of dealing with this pretty heavy information in the city of metal and sun angels and demons on the run empty boulevards shine like a gun swimming pools of people having fun walking like zombies in the night don't fear the apocalypse Cause we'll survive Handbag shopping on Rodeo Drive Believe in our money will keep us alive I just wanna forget How fucked up is our planet Laughing all the time Driving in the sunshine Private jet cool on the ground. Forty peasant Nikes, you're the man. Leave me alone with my luck and money. And I don't wanna know that it's a time bomb, honey. Let me enjoy my lap of trouble. Nothing's gonna burst my money bubble. We just wanna forget. How fucked up is our planet? Nothing on the
calling all filmmakers. The ninth annual Setting Sun Film Festival wants your film. Enter a short or a feature-length film for the chance to see your work up on the gorgeous Sun Theatre screen in Yarraville. The Sun Theatre was voted one of the most beautiful theatres in the world, with up to ten thousand dollars in prizes for winners. Entries close on the thirty-first of January, twenty twenty-two. Go to settingsun.com.au and enter your film now. The Setting Sun Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR 855am, the voice of the community. 3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. Welcome back to our summer special on 3CR Radical Radio. We are discussing the movie Don't Look Up, which is available on Netflix. And yeah, we just heard this song, uh, which was Pink Convertible by Marina. I thought that was quite a powerful song of sort of capturing capturing this dread about the end of the world, but also people just ignoring the issue and just kind of carrying on with consumerism. So I thought it was a really relevant song to the movie, actually. But um, yeah, maybe we'll finish with um, how you felt at the end of the movie. Um, it seemed like you felt quite energised. Is that right? Like to do, to take well, it? <laughs> not at first. Mm-hmm. At first, I was just thinking, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I remember... I must have been in my early 20s or maybe I was even a teenager, realising that we're kind of rocketing ourselves towards the end of the world and no one cares and feeling really terrified by that. Mm-hmm. And climate change wasn't really being discussed very much at the time. So I, I'd always had known that, but it just the, the, the end of the movie hits you pretty hard. And then I was doing all this research. I remember you were talking to your mum about... Uh, I don't know, talking on the phone or, or whatever. I was like, what's the point? Everything's ending. <laughs> so then we went out for a walk mm. and you said it was good to get outside. Yeah. And and we talked about it and, and then I started to feel better because I was thinking about the things that I try to do in my life to help with climate change, you know, being vegan and not having a car and not having children and those, you know, buying secondhand things. So... And I tried to think about the work that I do to try and advocate for others to to also take action. So I started to feel a bit better about it, and also just, yeah, I guess, I, I it makes me think about Greta Thunberg when she was realizing the the impact all of this was having. For a while, she just was very panicked and couldn't really do anything. And then she started realizing, well, I can actually have an impact, and I just pretty like absolutely amazing the impact that she has had mm-hmm. and the inspiration that she has been you know one person and you know also being a teenage 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 girl and so i think that that's important um and i think that you you said something about well you can't you know be worrying and thinking about it all the time that's not actually going to do anything positive so you want to sit down and enjoy your life and you know we watch a lot of comedy and we hang out with our dogs and I mean we're not really going out anywhere other than an outdoor pool at the moment because of COVID we do all the best we can and then you know putting your time that the time when, when you have the the ability to do it into into action and advocacy yeah and so that's that's what's important but in the meantime you know being in the present and you know going out for a walk and and just appreciating what we have and living our life is is important 
Yeah, yeah. And I and an extra spoiler alert here. I think it's probably worth mentioning this. So again, spoiler alert if you want to watch it, but um yeah, I, I think it is important to mention just in terms of a rea- our reaction, like things don't end well in the movie, which you kind of you it kind of assume pretty much most of the way through the movie, but I still thought it was quite powerful when it actually happened the way they did it. The ending. And I guess like what stuck for me is that there's yeah, like seeing the the scientists who were trying to tell people all along, and they were right, and then they were just like you know eating eating their meal at the end or whatever. But there was you know there was there was no sort of consolation in being right. There was no like ha ha, I told you so. Like mm-hmm. what 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 good is that? And like I just thought of that with climate change. Like yeah, for those of us who are aware of the issue and try and do what we can on the issue, et cetera, Like we can still be affected by climate change. So I I yeah, I guess that would be kind of. Um, two different two different ways like people could really energize about the climate but there could also be that that sense of despair as well from watching it too like yeah i already get this and i agree um but not everyone does and we'll we'll have to keep this to next show but we'll maybe uh, on a freedom of species show we'll talk a bit a bit bit more about the movie and also talk about plant-based diets etc but um talk about how effective the movie might be or otherwise in terms of actually convincing people who who don't yeah, you know, accept mm-hmm. the science on climate change as well. But for for those who do, like, I didn't necessarily get that like sense of being energized. So that that's a, a but it's so p- so many people are watching it, mm-hmm. and we will yeah. talk about this later. And so yeah. I, I don't think it's going to convince those hard wing deniers, but the mm. the persuadable middle, as it's mm-hmm. called, those people being like, oh wow, because it is very. I found it very powerful. Yeah, and something that they say in that in that last scene uh, is that. We did everything we could. That was their consolation, mm-hmm. that they had done everything they could. So there's there's no point thinking, well, there's no hope. Let's just go and fly everywhere and buy all this stuff and, you know, rack up all these emissions if there's no point. Mm-hmm. There are still things we can do and that, that can have an impact. Yeah. And it's important to do that, but to also not be burnt out by it. And to it, you might not have the capacity to do that, at the moment and that's fine just you know live your life in a way that is doing the least harm to to everyone around you and i i feel like when i do go out and and do you know things like this radio show or talking to people about climate change I feel it makes me feel better. Like I feel like I can sleep at night. The science, like we did the best we could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) and and that was my initial reaction. But yeah, after that, I think it has sort of switched me back onto the issue. Like again, that was my feeling straight after watching it. But um, yeah, since then, I think I have been more engaged with the issue. And it was an issue I was quite engaged with before the pandemic. I know me and Katie did a couple of summer specials in 2019, 2020, talking about climate change, and we were really engaged. I was going to protest really often about. That issue and and yeah, there's a lot of momentum behind it, and I feel like obviously not just me, but like the movement as a whole has kind of been put a bit on the back burner. So yeah, again, how effective it is in in terms of convincing those who who you know deny climate change, perhaps not. Um, but yeah, hopefully it can just be a way to go. Yeah, like I do really care about that issue. It's, it has been hard to deal with with COVID, um, but yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, think about it more. Um, and just the take- casual movie goer being like, oh, mm. there's this film. It's in the top 10 on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. You, you might not even know too much about about it. 
Yeah, that's right. And and going back to the Marina song as well, the pink convertible, like obviously I don't think it's a good thing to forget about the issue and, and just like do things that directly contribute to the, the issue, like mindless consumerism, et cetera. But I, I do sort of have some th- sympathy and, and even just like I think even those people who are more engaged with the issue can do that as well of like, as Katie said, like whatever action takes for you, whether that in you know, obviously people do multiple of these, but taking individual actions in your in your life, maybe it's going along to protest, maybe it's spreading the word on social media, like whatever action looks like for you, given your um, strengths and and capabilities and and uh, current situation and and work and everything else, mental health, uh, all these different issues, like whatever action looks like for you, like taking that action, but then stepping away and like not just thinking like. I, I don't blame people at all because mm. it's it's totally understandable response, but at least trying to avoid just like thinking about the issue all the time, like again, act and then go and, and do something which doesn't have to be related to climate change at all, I think is a good way to um, avoid that burnout for sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we're going to wrap things up in just a moment, um, but we are going to continue this discussion on the next Freedom of Species show. That will definitely be me, um, perhaps Katie again. Is that um, next week at one o'clock? Yeah, next week, next sun- Sunday. Sunday, one o'clock. Um, so yeah, definitely be me. Um, it might be Katie again. Um, Adam from Freedom of Species was interested as well. So it might be me, Katie and Adam or me and Adam or me and Katie. We'll, we'll sort that out anyway, but yeah, we're going to sort of continue this discussion and sort of pivot it more towards that idea of individual actions and looking at the science on which individual actions are more effective etc um, with a, a focus on plant-based diets um, you know, given the focus of freedom of species uh, but this is a good time to catch up on freedom of species show so you can listen to all of our episodes um, that you may have missed last year at 3cr.org.au forward slash freedom of species you can also search freedom of species on your favorite podcast app including itunes and spotify um, and as Katie mentioned, we'll be back to regular programming next week um, after some summer specials. Also, me and Katie do a podcast if, you, if you'd like to hear more from us. Um, that is called Progressive Podcast Australia. So the website is just the name of the podcast, progressivepodcastaustralia.com. Or again, you can search Progressive Podcast Australia on your favorite podcast app as well. We're going to finish up with the song I Haven't Been Taking Care of Myself. This is by Alex Leahy, and I thought this was just quite relevant. Uh, It's the kind of song that was written before the pandemic, but I think takes on a new meaning post the pandemic. I think a lot of people like not been taking care of themselves during this time and and trying to do better and and that kind of thing, but also thinking about... um, thinking about climate change as well of trying to take care of the issue but also take care of yourself in terms of mental health and that kind of thing so i thought this was a soundbite from the morning show i thought it was alex levy you know oh yeah 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 yeah. right um what's her name jennifer aniston plays yeah i thought this was a clip from that about like a rant it's a song that makes more sense yeah that's right yeah she's an artist here from in melbourne so Yeah, I think that's about all we have time for today. Um, Yeah, thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining me, Katie. You've got to say stay safe as well. Yep, of course. Stay safe, sane and sanitised. Yeah, thanks everyone. And yeah, thanks for listening. And yeah, we are going out with a song I haven't been taking care of myself and it is by Alex Leahy.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.